Hi folks, welcome to the Smart Ass Historian. I am as always the great white snark Scotty J. See you next to me is the Reverend Jeff. How's it going? Did you have a good holiday? Yeah, it was alright. Can't complain. I went out to my sister-in-law. Well, I went to my brother's house. My sister-in-law did the cooking. Yeah. Yeah, I prayed before the meal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That's the type of meal you you pray after the meal. <laughs> yeah, prayed after. Pray you don't die. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, there's some things my sister-in-law can cook. And there's some things that she can't. By the time I got there, I was like pretty much scraping the bottom of the pan for some turkey. But the ham was great. My my brother probably cooked the ham. And then he was in in his little man cave watching the Bears game. Yeah, I got some turkey from... Well, my old lady went to her grandma's. Hmm. And she brought back a bunch of turkey. Oh, that's good. And she got a little extra turkey, so Ooh. I made turkey a la king with the leftovers. Well, my brother, my other brother, Jeremy, his girlfriend, made Thanksgiving dinner, and we had leftovers until Saturday. Mm. Well, I mean, which is fine, you know. I still got leftover turkey a la king. Ooh. I just put it in the freezer. Uh, I... I always love stuffing or dressing or whatever the hell you call it. There was no stuffing. Now we had a we had a dinner at my mom's on Sunday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. My mom cooked up some fucking killer stuffing. Ugh. I always like stovetop. I just yeah, just stovetop. Well, we uh, my mom made some, and I made a second plate. But I was talking to my brother in in the living room. I was talking to him about something. And I go back, and my little nephew, Matt, was trying to eat from my plate. Mm. And I was like, like, what are you doing? And he's, like, all smiling and trying to be cute and shit. I'm like, you're fucking trying to eat off from my plate. Get the fuck away from my plate. My uh, my uncle made oyster stuffing one time. Ooh. It was fucking delicious. Yeah, nice. I mean, it was, you know, I'm like, oysters, ew. You, you're thinking kind of ew. But I was just, like, trying it just to be like, well, I'll try some. Just to try it. And it was freaking better than the regular stuffing. Oh, I I got before we get into the show, I got this um this app I downloaded on my PlayStation. It's called Tubi. Yeah, okay. Like free television, free movies yeah, and shit. Yeah, I've seen it. I, uh, I was watching a couple documentaries about slavery and emancipation. But I don't like it as much as, as there's one called Typhoon. Okay. Typhoon TV. That's the one I use. I like that one a lot. Well, I went scanning for movies, and I found a Family Affairs really great Robert Duvall movie that I love. Mm-hmm. Well, last night I was I was scanning through the stuff that they just recently added, and they have a movie that I've been looking for on, on DVD on there that I'm like, I have to watch this fucking movie. The Return of the Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. I've seen that one. It's been a while since I seen it. But I told Alex about my that favorite. was in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, it was like nineteen eighty six or seven, something like that. Because the first one was like eighty two, eighty. That's the one where he gets his arm cut off and he puts. That's his, the first one. And he puts his hand up in the sunlight. Yeah, that was the first and it one. Back was the, that the first one? Yeah, that's the first one. The second one, uh, it's got Heather Locklear in it. Okay. 
And there's this really great scene because there's there's these two little boys. One's black and one's white. And they read in like the National Enquirer or something, tabloid paper, mm-hmm. that they want that they're looking for a picture of the swamp thing so they can put it in the paper. They'll give the kid they'll give out a reward for the picture. So the kids decide, hey, we're gonna go in the swamp and get a picture. So there's this one and I love this scene. Um the kids get ambushed by the, the enemies. And mm-hmm. and Swamp Thing comes out of the fo- out of the swamp, beats the guy's asses, and saves the kids. Well, the kids are standing there and they're like, Can we get a picture with you before you leave? And he's like, Sure, no problem. <laughs> so he stands there. The kids have a baseball bat. He puts the baseball bat in his right hand. He puts it down like he's holding it. He puts his foot up on the enemy and puts his left hand around the little fat white kid and poses for his picture. And the kid's like, oh. <laughs> they snap the picture. I love that scene. I want to I want to have to watch it. They also have um, Christopher Titus's special unit up there that I want to watch. Oh, and they also got Rudy Ray Moore's uh, Dolomite movies up there. Christopher Titus. Yeah, the comedian. Yeah, the, what was that a movie? Yeah, he he or, financed his own movie called Special Unit, where he plays this like out of control cop in L.A. Okay. Who gets assigned to? I thought it was another one of his comedy specials. No, his newest one, Amerigeddon, is up there on Tubi. I'm gonna have to. Where he talks about the election and everything. Oh, okay. But Special Unit, he plays a. Like, Cause I like his comedy. Oh uh, yeah, uh, his comedy specials. So I haven't seen one lately. Amerigeddon is the new one, mm. but he uh, he plays an out of control cop who gets assigned to this unit where, like, people with disabilities are now police officers. So you've got like a little person, someone in a wheelchair, and this movie is he financed it himself, mm. and a lot of people love it. I haven't seen it yet. But, I, I mean, I've seen, like, a little trailer for it. It looks hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he had a, a, a little comedian, uh, Brad Williamson, mm-hmm. on the show one day. And he's like, if I do Special Unit 2, I have a role for you to play. He wants Brad to be the the villain. Hmm. And I love Brad. He's hilarious. Have you ever seen his stuff? No. He does this bit where he's... He he's dating a an Asian MMA fighter. Okay. And he he's in a bar and some guy starts some shit and he's like, "Yes, yes, she's gonna fuck you up." <laughs> and she wanted him to fight. He's like, "No, fighting is what you do. That's your job. <laughs> if you want a song about you, if you want a guy in a funny outfit singing about chocolate, that's my job." <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, I, I've seen some of his stuff. I, I think it's hilarious. If, if you got Netflix. He's on this show called The Degenerates. Okay. Um, how you liking uh, The Mandalorian? Oh, dude, I love. I'm fucking loving, loving this show. Uh, have you been watching The Watchmen on HBO? No, we don't have HBO. Oh, that show. Well, you could probably find it on Tubi also. Not um, yet. Mm. Well, I've been on Typhoon TV. That's where I've been watching it. And no, uh, 
I'm loving it. I love that on episode seven, there's only two more episodes. And at the end of this episode seven, we find out that Dr. Manhattan has been on planet Earth the whole time, hidden in the, you know, hmm. hidden, hidden amongst the people. Now, I, I've been loving The Mandalorian. Yeah, I love that show. It's so awesome. I, I, I see this, saw this meme. You remember? I uh, wish the episodes were longer. I do too, but I saw this meme where remember uh, Hook. Remember the movie Hook? Yeah. And that scene where the little boy sitting there with Robin Williams and he pushes up the spine and goes, "There you are, Peter." Uh huh. Well, there's one where the kid's sitting, sitting there and he he pushes up Robin. It's the scene he goes, "Oh, there you are, Star Wars." <laughs> and I wish I read the article, but a lot of people are thinking. That maybe John Favreau's Mandalorian is what's going to save the franchise. I would say so. I mean, it's it's Star Wars, but it's it's not it, a Star Wars we've seen before. No, it's not. And I love the fact it's new. And I, and I love it's the new and familiar yeah. at the same time. On top of it, I love the fact that we get to see the Mandalorian culture. Yeah, exactly. Especially the especially the episode where the Mandos came to his aid. That was fucking awesome. Oh, it was. Ain't nothing like having your friend show up at the right time. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, you know, the only glimpses of Mandalorian culture we had seen was Jango and Boba. Yeah. To have an entire show about the Mandalorians. Yeah. And how they are. And we've it, only great. ever seen a jetpack in pulses. We've never seen them actually like fly fly right and we see one fly oh god i have to get me one of those <laughs> and i love the fact that the guy has no name yeah he, he he's just the mandalorian or right. mando right but he has no name and, and it's great and of course everybody loves baby yoda yeah that's what they're calling it you call it Baby Yoda, but that, what else do you call it? Right, I mean, what else do you call it? It looks like Yoda. It's a baby, but it's 50 years old. So Yeah. But, yeah, I just... Uh. All right, we got a show lined up for you today. Um, I'm going to talk about this wonderful craze we have in America called gerrymandering. Yes, it totally sucks. Yes, it does. Now, the United States, among the first with an elected representative government eventually named this practice. Yeah. I uh, can't remember what his name was. but It, it was Jerry. Yeah, I, I remember the guy's yeah, name was, was Jerry. It was something to do, yeah, like that. And but when they drew out the district, it looked like a salamander. Yeah. So they called it, Jer they combined the two yeah. to gerrymandering. I'll look that up. I'll come up with an answer. I'll probably there. come up here in, in the script, too. Okay, so incidents preceded the 1789 election of the first U.S. Congress. In 1788, Patrick Henry and his anti-federalist allies were in control of the Virginia House of Delegates. They drew the boundaries of Virginia's 5th Congressional District in an unsuccess unsuccessful attempt to keep Madison out of the House of Representatives by the candidacy of James Monroe. Well, first we should start off by saying... Uh, it's a way, instead of uh, people who vote picking the candidate, it's a way that candidates can pick their districts. Can pick 
no, can pick the voters. Right. They pick. They draw their district yeah, lines. Yeah, they draw their districts in such a way that even when the district is full of voters that would normally not vote for them, can make the district swing their way. Right. Now the practice just by drawing the lines. Right. Now the practice of gerrymandering the borders of new states continued past the Civil War and into the late 19th century. The Republican Party used its control of Congress to secure the admission of more states and territories friendly to their party, which was the admission of the Dakota Territory as two states instead of one being a notable example. Yeah, they kind of split north and the Dakota Territory and the north and south got two states out of the deal. Yeah. By the rules of representation in the Electoral College, each new state carried at least three electoral votes regardless of its population. All redistricting in the U.S. has been contentious because it has been controlled by political parties vying for power. As a consequence of the decennial census required by the Constitution, districts for members of the House of Representatives Representatives typically need to be redrawn whenever the numbers of members in a state changes. Like we said, population, mm-hmm. you get your representatives. If your population goes up or down within a 10-year period, you can lose your represent, you know, your number of representatives. In many states, state legislatures redraw boundaries for a state legislative districts at the same time. Now, the legislatures have used gerrymandering along racial lines both to decrease and increase minority representation in state governments and congressional delegations. In Ohio, not Ohio, a conversation between Republican officials was recorded that demonstrated that redistricting was being done to aid their political candidates. Furthermore, the discussion assessed the race of voters as a factor in redistricting on the premise that African Americans tended to back Democratic candidates. Republicans apparently removed approximately 13,000 African American voters from the district of Jim Rawson, a Republican candidate for the House of Representatives, in an attempt to trip the scales in what was once a competitive district for Democratic candidates. And it, they do it all over the entire United States. Mm-hmm. It happens in every district, yeah. in every county, in every state of the United States. And it sucks, and it's bullshit, and it needs to be outlawed. But it's not. they're not going to do that. I remember being in Springfield one year with Amanda, and there was a guy outside the, the Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum who was getting names on a petition mm-hmm. to stop gerrymandering. Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to get rid of it. They got rid of it in California. That's good, but it's California. Well, yeah. I'm like, so into like the waves and everything and like voters are not, or surfers aren't being counted as voters, dude. I hate that fucking commercial. The Cali- you know that California commercial where they're like, we're so spiritual and all that shit. Come to California and, you know, it's all, we're so great, you know, so If you're so great, why are you on fire every fucking year? It's like you're so full of crap. It's like, yeah, you're so spiritual and you're so fucking zen and all that bullshit. You know why? Because it's fucking 75 degrees every single day of your fucking life and you don't have to go through soul-crushing winters. 
I mean, goddamn, if California, let me put it this way. If you were buried in snow six months out of the year in California, motherfuckers wouldn't be clamoring to move there. Right. The only reason Although why they I think need, you're so fucking great is because it's 75 degrees every single day. Although I need, I need seasons. Well, I need, I need the soul-crushing winter to make me appreciate more. Yeah, you warm. say that until it's 75 degrees every single day and beautiful all the time. And Why do you, you think know, I'm going to Pennsylvania? People lose their shit when it sprinkles. Rain. You know? <laughs> oh my God, it's like raining. I can't... California like, would lose its fucking shit if it decided to snow there. Oh, I have to hear how great California is every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, I mean... That's the only reason why they're so full of shit, people from California, is because they don't have to deal with the soul, the soul crushing winters. That's why they can and then be I've been here so and spiritual and I've been here like, oh my god, I'm like getting ready to go to California and see my family for ten days. It's gonna be so great. That's why they're so in touch with their, with the fucking ocean and all that. Yeah, it's like, like, dude, you're so full of crap. I'm like, why don't you just leave my brother and go back to California? <laughs> yeah. I, I know people that, ugh. and people that are like from around here that go to California and like come back and they're all like, "It's so great in Cali," and it's like, "Oh, I'm just wish my Numb. fist could just." No, well, you're so great. How come you got like six lanes of traffic and none of you motherfuckers could drive? <laughs> right. <laughs> with with the civil rights movement and the passage of the Voting Rights Act of '65. Federal enforcement and protections of suffrage for all citizens were enacted, gerrymandering for the purpose of reducing the political influence of a racial or ethnic minority was prohibited. After the Voting Rights Act of 65 was passed, some states created majority-minority districts to enhance minority voting strength. This practice, also called affirmative gerrymandering, was supposed to redress historic discrimination and ensure that ethnic minorities would gain some seats and representation in government. In some states, bipartisan gerrymandering is the norm. State legislatures from both parties sometimes agree to draw congressional district boundaries in a way that ensures the re-election of most or all incumbent representatives from both parties. Rather than allowing more political influence, some states have shifted redistricting authority from politicians and given it to nonpartisan redistricting commissions. The states of Washington, Arizona, and California have created standing committees for redistricting following the 2010 census. It has been argued, however, that in California's case, gerrymandering still continued despite this change. Rhode Island and New Jersey had developed ad hoc committees but developed the past two decennial reapportionments tied to new census data. Florida's Amendments 5 and 6, meanwhile, established rules for the creation of districts but did not mandate an independent commission because it's Florida and that's where all the crazies are. Yeah. Can't, can't turn on the news without Florida, man. And you're yeah. like, oh, Jesus. No shit. What did Florida man do this time? <laughs> Florida man broke into couples' home and tickled their anuses while watching Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. International election. Wait a minute. Was the the tickler watching Wheel of Fortune, or the people getting tickled watching Wheel of Fortune? Oh, who go both? <laughs> Probably all three. Right. You know, he's got them bent over, both hands tickling, and you know, uh, by a vowel. <laughs> 
<laughs> An O. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, Carl, you might want to go get, might want to go get looked at. I'm feeling some pops back here. <laughs> now, international election observers from the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, Office of Democratic Institutions and Human Rights. I said that in one breath. <laughs> you get lightheaded halfway through a big title like that. You're like, eh. <laughs> who were invited to observe and report on the 2004 national elections? Well, just let me know. You can have a suck of my oxygen. Tank. Right. I'm gonna need a hit here in a little bit. Um. Now they expressed criticism of the U.S. congressional redistricting process. And made a recommendation that the procedures be reviewed to ensure genuine competitiveness of congressional election contests. Like people are going to listen to that one. Yeah, no shit. You're telling us, you're telling, you're having some Europeans tell us how to do our elections? Well, that's just bullshit. That is un-American. Right. Jesus, (laughs) fuck. Good thing there's a cushion there. God damn, I think the microphone picked that one up. Probably. In 2015, an an analysis reported that the two major parties differ in the way they redraw their districts. (laughs) The Democrats construct coalition districts of liberals and minorities together with conservatives, which results in Democratic-leaning districts. Republicans tend to place liberals all together in a district, conservatives in another, creating clear partisan districts. Oh, man. See another fine mess. Right. In June of this year, the United States Supreme Court ruled in Lamont versus Benesic and Rucco, and, or Lamont versus Benesic and Rucco versus Common Cause. That federal courts lack jurisdiction to hear challenges over partisan gerrymandering. Because we have a we have a Supreme Court justice who likes to drink. <laughs> beer. Now this can be accomplished. <laughs> like hand me that beer bong. Jug, jug, jug. Now this can be accomplished through a number of ways. Cracking involves spreading votes, voters of a particular type among many districts in order to deny them sufficiently large voting block in any particular district. <laughs> Political parties in charge of redrawing district lines may create more cracked districts as a means of retaining and possibly even expanding their legislative power. By cracking districts, a political party would be able to maintain or gain legislative control by ensuring that the opposing party's voters are not the majority in a specific district. Okay. Makes sense. Packing is to concentrate as many voters of one type into a single electoral district to reduce their influence in other districts. In some cases, this this may be done to obtain representation for a community or common interest, rather than to dilute the interest over several districts to a point of ineffectiveness to avoid likely lawsuits charging racial... Oh. 
uh, when minority groups are involved to avoid likely lawsuits charging racial discrimination. Now, when the party controlling the district process has a statewide majority, packing is usually not necessary to maintain partisan advantage. The minority party can generally be cracked everywhere. Crack everywhere? Don't tell my sister. <laughs> sister crackhead, though the time has come. Hijacking redraws two districts in such a way as to force two incumbents to run against each other in one district, ensuring that one will be eliminated. <laughs> oh, here's I'll bring my Brett Kavanaugh signed beer bong. Right. <laughs> Hijack or sorry, kidnapping removes an encumbrance home address into another district. Re-election become more difficult when the encumbrant no longer resides in the district or possibly faces re-election from a new district with a new voter base. This is often employed against politicians who represent multiple urban areas in which larger cities will be removed from the district in order to make the district more rural. <laughs> Now, these tactics are typically combined in some form, creating a few forfeit seats for packed votes of one type in order to secure more seats and greater representation for voters of another type. It's like, you know, like what the way I think of it is remember back in school when we used to have to pick for teams? Mm -hmm. And you'd get a team with all the good players on it? Yeah. And a team with all the sucky players on it. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe gerrymandering. Because if you want to ensure your win, you want to put all the good people on a team. Yeah. If you want to, you know. I mean. Or you get two good you get two good players picking the team, so they picked all their friends first. So there's a fair balance between the two. Yeah. And then, you know, you're one of the last ones to be picked, and you guys are usually at the end of the line playing, you know, like if you played, we played wiffle ball in grade school. So I was always toward the back of the line with my cousin Terry and my friend Big Ed because we weren't good sports players. So by the time we would get up to bat, you know, the, the team might have more runs or anything. <clears throat> I'm trying to, how to best describe it, it just, not sure how to, to word it though. It, dead air. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was reading something here. <laughs> But uh, no, that's the best way I can describe it is like picking teams in grade school. You know, depending on who the team captains were, you either had all the good team, all the good players on one team, and all the sucky players on another, or if you had two good people on the picking teams, you get a fair assessment of talent, and then whoever was left over was the bottom parts. Unless it was a trivia competition and everyone was like, we need Scott. Yeah. It was trivia or history. Everyone's like, no, we need Scott on our team. Because if he's playing against us, we're going to lose. 
Um. Yes, I had the power. Now, gerrymandering is effective because of the wasted vote effect. Wasted votes are votes that did not contribute to electing a candidate either because they were in excess of the bare minimum needed for victory or because the candidate lost. Yeah. Okay. By moving geographic boundaries, the incumbent party packs opposition voters into a few districts that they will likely that they will already win, wasting the extra votes. Now, other districts are more tightly constructed with the opposition party allowed a bare minority count, thereby wasting all the minority votes and for the losing candidate. Now, these districts constitute the majority of districts and are drawn to produce a result favoring the incumbent party. Now, a quantitative measure of the effect of gerrymandering is the efficiency gap computed from the difference in the wasted votes for two different political parties summed over all the districts, citing in part an efficiency gap of 11.69% to 13%. The U.S. District Court in 2016 ruled against the 2011 drawing of Wisconsin legislative districts. In the 2012 election for the state legislature, the gap in wasted votes meant that one party had 48.6% of the votes, but won 61% of the 99 districts. Because they drew the lines in such a way that there were more, say, red than blue in each district, which gave them that district. Right. Or made more districts in red than blue, and they won, so it... Okay. Um, you almost have to see a graph. You, well, you, you know, almost have to have it explained with visuals. Right. So that you understand completely. Because you can't just... Yeah, you say it's a way for... Um, them to pick their voters. Oh, yeah. Instead of the voters picking their candidate. But it just... And and redistrict, you know, drawing the district lines and all that stuff. But you have to understand how it actually gets done. Right. You have to walk. I would say suggest look, Google it, and then because we could tell you all the information. Oh yeah. You just have to Google it to see how exactly how they do it, and you would see that it's like totally fucked up. Right. Because you would think that they would draw these lines for the district straight and even and all that, and wouldn't matter or like. If it's not exact square state, of course, you'd have to draw it in such a way where, you know, but they don't do that. They do that so where the the district looks like this, it basically kind of, when you color it in to show the district, it kind of looks like a lake, like yeah. a, a misshapen lake. It's well, like, I think one of the first times you know, they did it, it looked like a salamander. So that's where the yeah, other half of the name came from. Right here, it's like... Um, And it gets to a point, I mean, you, you know, like we said, we've seen people, you know, signing petitions to stop this, doing, um, you know, going to courts and everything. And, and unless there's a way that we could, like, really find a way to not 
do gerrymandering. It, somehow it, it, it got worked into the political system. And, and for, I don't even know what district I'm in anymore. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how Illinois does it. No, I, I don't know either. Up, but that's what it... Yeah. It looks like a dragon. You get like a dragon or, or a salamander or... I mean, hell, they could draw a district to look like Milton Berle's schlong, for all I know. And from what I understand, Milton Berle had a schlong that, you know, was a schlong of epic proportions. <laughs> but it's... it. I mean, it's, it's something that we wanted to look at, especially with the election coming up next year. All you have to do is Google it. Right. And you can see you can right see away how it's, that it's... How it's done and... Well, you just see right away, visually, that it's just it's it, not it's right. It's fucked. Right. Because uh, you could have a district where there's, you know, say, 10,000 people that are, you know, this way, and you got 4,000 people that are this way, and... The, the way they draw the district, the 4,000 are the ones that, like, win the district. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's weird. totally messed up, and it should be illegal, but for some reason, it's still legal. And d- this is just one of the tools that they use to... Yeah, I, I think to, we're... To, to game the system. I think we should cut this before you blow a gasket. <laughs> it's just, it's so frustrating. It is. Because people just, are, are, I know how to, I know the, what the problem is, but like to get to like actually get, explaining right. it. Right, it, it's To hard. someone who doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, they almost have to like, like you have to know the information and see a visual to be yeah. like, oh man, that's fucking wrong. Right. If you, if you, because if you can see it with your own two eyes. You'll be like, oh, that's uh, that's fucked up. Probably not right. Right. <laughs> all right, we're gonna cut this one. Uh, we're on Anchor, all major podcasting apps, and Apple Podcasts. Brian, do your job. <laughs> Please do your job. Um. Well, the other night I sent, I was watching Ridiculousness, and I sent them a picture. Are you still watching that show? Oh, I love that show. Are there new episodes? They run new episodes on the weekends. New, new episodes. Yeah, like Friday and Sunday nights, I think, at 7. Huh. But, uh, yeah, I love it because... Like, like 2019 episodes. Yeah. yeah. Huh, I haven't seen anything in, like, forever. No, they've got new episodes. Like, last night, it was one I hadn't seen of the old ones. hmm And I guess it was a little cold in the studio because... Chanel was popping. <laughs> so I sent him a picture. I sent Brian a picture. I'm like, guess it's cold in the studio today. You know, she did a video where she was dressing up like uh, Sharon Stone or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And Sharon Stone had a problem with it or whatever, even though Sharon Stone was like involved in it or whatever. And then I guess at the time she didn't want anything. I and they were saying Chanel, and I'm like, who the fuck is Chanel? And I, I couldn't recognize her because of all the makeup. Right. And then I was like, is that? I'm like Chanel, Chanel. And I looked her up, 
and on, cause on you know I googled her. I was like, oh, Chanel West Coast. I'm like, I can't believe that is the chick from yeah. Ridiculousness. I'm like, okay. Oh, and she's I'm dressed like, up. I'm like, and I'm like, she's really was a nobody until like that show, and then now she's got this whole like thing going on. I'm like, I guess you know. That's oh, what, she's. Uh... I guess that's what celebrity is and YouTube and oh she stupid mm-hmm. crap I just oh. <laughs> it's just it, it's right. just dumb how people get so you know famous these days right. uh, we've got two Facebook pages so join us there and for the smart ass story and I am Scotty J and I'm Jeff catch you later folks bye <laughs>